Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill Maher. Start the clock. Good afternoon. At the Crystal is late for the Clippers game. We've got to get this show going. Okay. <laughs> Let's get to the news very quickly. Unemployment is... <laughs> Unemployment is down to its lowest level in seven years. 5.4%, ladies and gentlemen. Pretty exciting stuff. Of course, wait, there are still fields where there are hundreds of desperate people after the same job. Like Republican nominee for president. That would be one of them. Uh... Yes, three new entrants in the week, this week, from the Republican side. All gems. Uh, Carly Fiorina is running for president. Now, the... <laughs> now, cynics, not me, cynics, say she's just in there because the Republicans need a woman and it's either her or Lindsey Graham. I don't agree with that. Then there's uh, Dr. Ben Carson. Dr. Ben Carson. He, Dr. Ben, a pediatric neurosurgeon. <laughs> the pundits say his unique insight into the child's brain makes him a perfect fit for the Fox News crowd. So that's... He's in there. And then... Uh, and then our friend, he was here recently, right? In that chair, Mike Huckabee. Mike Huckabee, the former evangelical preacher... Uh, ran in 2008, did quite well. Uh, but, you know, he says this is not the old Huckabee. Uh, no, this is the new Mike Huckabee. He's now handling snakes virtually. It's... <laughs> uh... <laughs> no, I like Mike. I, I like Mike. Uh, he... But Mike does believe that we are living in biblical end times. <laughs> Take that, Hope. <laughs> Hope and change, meet death and destruction. <laughs> yeah, he believes in Ed Times. Uh, Ted Cruz proves it. But, but speaking of Ed Times, what a... Oh, well, thank you. Apropos of very little, but I appreciate it. Uh, did you see what happened in Texas uh, this week? What could have been a horrible massacre was averted. Uh, someone down there had the bright idea to have a draw a Muhammad cartoon contest and predictably two ISIS inspired gentlemen uh, walked in with assault rifles and were going to kill everybody and a very smart cop with a good aim dropped them and that is pretty big news it's not every day a cop uh, shoots a black guy who's actually armed it's <laughs> so <laughs> but good for that cop really also, this was the first Texas gunfight ever to begin with the words, don't draw. <laughs> don't draw. But, I, you know, I, 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 I know. They're, they're very uh, touchy in that religion about how Muhammad, you know, can't draw him. I, I don't know why. He's not a bad-looking guy. I think <laughs> if any religion is going to ban pictures of the founder, it should be Scientology. I mean... <laughs> 
L. Ron Hubbard looks like the manager of a Red Lobster. I don't see that as something that... Oh, there he is, sir. But here's something really interesting. Uh, one of the gunmen uh, in this incident uh, grew up in Pakistan. He's actually from Texas, born there, grew up in Pakistan. And when he was in Pakistan, this is what's so weird. He was like a heartthrob in high school. He was in the school plays. I'm not kidding. He did a production of Bye Bye Birdie <laughs> in Pakistan. <laughs> a- and, and other shows. He, he was in uh, Seven Brides for One Brother. Are you familiar with, with that one? And... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, he was terrific in Ain't Misbeheadin'. You know that one? It's very good. But, um... But the... The the FBI said they were aware of him, but they had to let him go because he hadn't done anything really bad. You know, like underinflate a football. Uh, Talk about dominating the news all week. Yes, Deflategate. Football's 9-11. Thank God Tom Brady addressed the nation last night from the Oval Office. No. No, in an interview. And, you know, they kept asking him, you know, about pounds per square inch of air in the football and the exact instructions he gave the equipment manager. And at one point, Tom looked right in the camera and he said, you know our team has a tight end who killed a guy, right? I mean, (laughs) the report from the commissioner's office on Deflategate was 243 pages. Bruce Jenner has given less thought to balls. (laughs) And let's let's end this monologue type with some very good news in Baltimore this week. No riots, no unrest. Cooler heads prevailed. Yeah, because people there said they were inspired when they saw how Mayweather and Pacquiao could get along without fighting. All right, we got a great show. Alex Wagner, Lincoln Chafee, Will Kaner here. A little later, Aaron Brockovich will be out. But first up, he is the comedy legend who now stars on FX TV's The Comedians. Billy Crystal is over here. Billy, thank you for doing this. Great to see you. I know what a big night this is for you. Right. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it. I know you've got to go. Thank you so much nice for to joining. See you. <laughs> the game starts in 15 minutes. I know. Talk that, fast. That, that is... Talk fast. And the thing about Thursdays the... at 10, FX. Good night, everybody. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about <clears throat> the Clippers is that yeah. you've been with them from the beginning. I mean, I remember for years Donald Sterling. He owned the team. I'd yeah. see him out, and he'd always try to give me tickets. And I was like, well, he's kind of a creepy guy. Yeah. And the Clippers suck. No. Yeah. But... You like Don Sterling. No, I'm no. kidding. <laughs> I, boy, I got scared for a second. What'd you read? I was there when he sold his plantation and used the money to buy the team. Wow. That's a long time ago. You are a comedy veteran. Yeah, there now. you go. No, I was... Bill, there was some nights there were so few people in the stands I could hear everybody's conversation. Is that true? You could hear what everybody was talking about. There'd be promotional nights like um, Anyone Can Play Night. <laughs> But why did you to pick this team? Obviously, you could have gotten great Laker seats. Uh, <laughs> uh, I appreciate your diction, because it got a little scary there for a second about the Lakers. No. 
I had... What did I say? I, no, no, I had Lakers seats for a while. And then it got to be too much of a scene. And it was less about the games. And right. they were great teams. And then I got invited to a game, and I went, and I was able to sit up front. And um, that was fantastic. I played twice. That was a bonus. <laughs> and then I just sort of stayed. So it's like, a re- stayed. it's like a restaurant that gave you free dessert. Yeah, but it was like, you know, the Brooklyn Dodgers fans <laughs> used to be, wait till next year. Right. We were like, wait till There's next decade. great about an underdog. Yeah, no, I, I really uh, like Yeah, it. I mean, my Mets are doing good this year, and it's right. great to see that. And you, and, and, and you have a piece of the Arizona Diamondbacks. We right? used to be minority owners, and I don't mean Jewish, of the, <laughs> of the Arizona Diamondbacks. And, yes. and um, that Which must was, have... But I know you bleed Yankee blue. I yeah. Mean, that must have been uh, unbelievably hard for you when they played the, World the Yankees Series? in the World Series. It was impossible. I remember seeing you there. Yeah, it was impossible. The first game, Joe Torre invited us, so we sit behind the Yankee dugout, which was, like, fantastic. But I look across the field... And all my partners from the Diamondbacks are sitting there going, what the fuck, what is he, what? <laughs> and then they put me on a Diamond Vision. I started booing and throwing stuff. I mean, it was Arizona. It was, you know, hostile but dry. And <laughs> <laughs> right. the forecast there. So. And then they beat us twice terribly. And my wife turned to me and said, honey, we're beating us. So now... <laughs> So now we go to Yankee Stadium for game three, which was the crucial game. We're down to love, and Clemens is pitching, and Bush is coming to throw out the first pitch, and nobody wanted him to come. It wasn't just politics. We were terrified. But this is right after 9-11. Right after 9-11. Well, okay, this is a month so. after 9-11. Well, he was popular then. Yeah, and, and, um, and Tom Ridge, sort of like a Bob's big boy on bad drugs. Right. <laughs> Homeland Security. Homeland Security was terrifying us every day on television. Sure. A biological attack is imminent. (laughs) If you want to survive the biological attack, get duct tape. Duct tape every window, every crevice, every your ass, your balls, whatever it is. Just (laughs) duct tape everything. And then this piece of advice. If you're out on the street, look out for anybody who looks suspicious. Right. This is New York City. We all look suspicious. Yes. Sure. So now we get to the stadium. The security is intense. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, German shepherds, not dogs, actual German shepherds. It was wow. And then that is tight security. That was bad. Very tight. Then coming over the Harlem River are three helicopters, mm. one of which has the president in them. Right? But they start spinning around and doing maneuvers, so it was like three-card Monty. Right. You know? Where's the president? Where's the president? You see him now? You see him now? Where is he? He's in this one. He's in that one. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. You want to bet against her? And then he lands, and we get into the stadium through three metal detectors. Mm. There are gunmen on the roof, which, yeah, a gunman on the roof sounds crazy, you know? But it's like... <laughs> the, but, but then we get into the stadium. Got it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this reflecting in your eye? This, yeah, I, th- is that I, what it is? I, I saw that right before I came yeah. in. Can I push that down? So now, everyone is really tense. There are gunmen on the roof, and they introduce the president, and he walks out like John Wayne. I have to give him credit. Walks out to the mound. I remember that, yeah. Remember that? And he holds up that ball, mm-hmm. and terrorists around the world were freaked out. <laughs> he said, baseball, he's got the baseball! What is he going to do with the baseball? <laughs> And then he threw a strike. Place went crazy. It was a great moment for him and for the city. I'm up in Steinbrenner's box as a guest. Now, I had met the president twice about a month before, 
He screened 61 movie I directed for HBO oh, about movie. Marison Mantle. And he loved the movie, and he was... Thank you, thank you, thank you. For HBO. Yeah. And so he knew me a little bit, and he walks into Steinbrenner's box, and he sees me. he just thrown a strike, and he goes, Billy C! <laughs> How about my fastball? <laughs> and I'm thinking, how about finding Bin Laden? <laughs> and then... It was wild. So they, they sit me down. He's sitting behind me, and they sit me with three... Well, you go to ball games, so you want to sit with people who know the game, real right. bleacher creatures, and that's who I'm with. Regis Philbin, Henry Kissinger, and Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> it's windy. Trump is flipping out. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I'm sitting next right. to Kissinger. Have you interviewed Henry Kissinger? No. He's a fascinating man. So I said, I hadn't met him before. And I said, what do I call you? Do I call you Henry? Do I call you Mr. Well, he said, call me Hank. Mm. That's what I like to be called at the ballpark. Mm. Hank. It's pretty sweet. So now, the fourth inning comes, and I appear on Diamond Vision on the scoreboard. I'd done a public service announcement during that time. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it, Bill, and I'm telling you, you know, I grew up going to that place. You know, I, my first game was 1956, and I couldn't help but look at me now. I'm sitting here with the owner of the team. I looked down in the seats where we sat all those years ago, and I had a little bit of reverie, which was interrupted by the president, who goes, Billy C's on a big scoreboard! <laughs> so, so then, he says, I gotta leave. We got an early meeting. So he has a meeting. Yeah. So I turned to Kissinger, and I said, Hank... <laughs> Did Nixon ever have meetings? No, he had martinis and called me something anti-Semitic. Yeah. So then, the president, Condoleezza Rice was there, Mrs. Bush, they all leave. And now, three guys in jumpsuits with drills come down the aisles of the box and woo, woo, they unscrew the bolts on the wall and they remove the front wall of the box which we did not know was three-quarter-inch bulletproof steel. Oh, my. And they removed it as soon as the president left. Oh. <laughs> so Regis stands up and he goes, Where the fuck are you going? <laughs> what about us? <laughs> and then... And then Steinbrenner handed me a roll of duct tape. It was right. the weirdest... It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> Billy, my second question. Yes. <laughs> I got carried no, away. I'm glad you do. But I know you have to leave. I'm going to be here all week, ladies and gentlemen. Before you do, I haven't seen you since the Emmys, and you did such an amazing job making the tribute to Robin Williams. I just had to tell you that Thank you. while I have you here. And it's been nine months. You know, you've yeah. absorbed it more, I'm guessing. Yeah. It's, thoughts it's, now that it's, are different? It's just so uh, terribly odd. And a, my closest friend and a huge void, but we had such a wonderful relationship that I look back and it makes me laugh and smile. We had phone calls, Bill, that went on for hours sometimes that were just absolutely hilarious. And my, my one big regret was that we had planned to make an album together mm. of these phone calls. There was a little like a Derek and Clive kind of sure. thing where we could go blue and dark and, and strange. So one day, and this will be quick. <laughs> I'm watching Ronald Reagan's funeral on television. Ah. Phone rings. I see 415 at San Francisco. It's him. So, 
Hello? This is what I hear. Oh, Bill? Hi. This is Ron Reagan. I just <laughs> wanted to tell you that everything's okay in heaven. I said, what, 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 what? Mr. President, I'm watching your funeral, and you're in the box. Oh, no, that's not me. That's my stuntman. <laughs> he does everything for me. Did all the football in that, in that, in that Gipper movie that I did. And what, what, sir, let me ask you this. What is, what's heaven like? People want to know, what's it like? Well, it's a lot hotter than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> oh. so, so I said, so. hotter? So you may not be in heaven. Oh, South America? Is that where I am? I said, no. <laughs> Sir, listen to me. If you're passed on and you think you're in heaven, but it's hotter, you may be in the other place. <laughs> and he says, oh... That would explain why Nixon's balls were resting on the bridge of my nose. Uh, well, we don't have him, but we have you to channel him, so that's great. I know you got to go. Yeah. Uh, good luck with the Clippers. I'm. I for really them appreciate too. you having me on. No, and, no, uh, please. It's too funny. Your show. Uh, HBO hates it when we plug an FX show. I understand. <laughs> but I have to say, I watch it every week and it's killing me. Oh, thank you. Really we have, funny. Josh Gad and I have had a great time, yeah. a great cast. Your good friend Larry Charles is oh, I know. the episode. No, I watch it. It's, you know, you're the older guy, he's the younger guy. When I watch it, I think, oh man, Josh Gad, he's the asshole. And then I think, I wonder if people his age are going, no, you're the asshole. Yeah, but that's what's fun about the that's show. Is yeah. that it's, there's a wonderful awkwardness right. about it as we try to make right. the show together. and, and right. people Don't like watch it. Billy yeah. Crystal. Bill, thank you. <laughs> Get to the game. Good luck. I appreciate Billy it. Billy Crystal. All right. Let's meet our panel. Hey. Hi, everybody. All right, he is a CNN and National Review analyst turned ESPN commentator, Will Kane. Hey, Will, great to have you back. How you doing? He is the former governor of Rhode Island. Wow, and who just might run for president as a Democrat, Lincoln Chafee. Hey, Lincoln. And she hosts MSNBC's Now with Alex Wagner. Who else? Alex Wagner. All right, remember to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us your questions for night's overtime so we can answer them after the show on YouTube. Okay, I've got a political panel here. I'm going to ask a political question. I mentioned in the monologue, three new Republican entrants into the race. Added two, Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, Marco Rubio, that's six. The, the people who are absolutely, we know, going to get in but haven't declared, Jeb, Bush, Scott Walker... Santorum said it today. I think he's going to make an announcement in two weeks. Lindsey Graham said something very similar to it's going to happen. Then there's Rick Perry, Kasich of Ohio, Bobby Jindal, <laughs> even Chris Christie could still do it. They keep saying this is not the clown car. Remember that? No, that became a meme from 2012. It's a caravan at this point. But if you have this many, isn't it always a clown car? Don't this many numbers make it clowny? Well, I, I think you've got your clown analogy just slightly off. It's not the clown car. Um, last time it was a cast of clowns, perhaps. It wasn't a very impressive field up there on the debate stage. This time it's going to be much different. Scott Walker, Jeb Bush, Marco Rubio. These are serious guys with serious ideas and will make for very interesting choices. For are they going to be in the bleachers? Because how are you going to get them all on one debate stage? It looks bad. I don't understand how this is a I'm not. I'm not into debate logistics. The Democrats <laughs> have too few and the Republicans. 
Well, unless you want... They're going to change that. Oh, are we expecting something tonight? Now, I have always said that elections should be about choices. And more choices on the Democratic side. And? Avalanche on the Republican side. And at the appropriate time... You are going to... At the appropriate time, we're going to give the Democratic voters choices. How bold. Okay. Uh, <laughs> waiting. <laughs> um, okay. So you say it's not a clown car. Ben Carson got in uh, today. Uh, ben Carson uh, has said uh, today, he said, uh, Obama reminds you of a psychopath. All right. Now, when, you use, when a guy uses the word psychopath about a centrist president, I... I when a I, neurosurgeon I, uses that, I, no less. Well, a neurosurgeon who believes the Earth is 6,000 years old. Wow. He's what we have in this show called a smart, stupid person. <laughs> yeah, he's incredible. It- how, how can you... He's incredibly hard to figure out on that front. Oh, on, yeah. Look, on one hand, he's clearly a smart guy, one of the top neurosurgeons right. in the world. On the second hand, he says these admittedly very stupid things. I tend to think, oh, maybe he just goes for the applause lines. A lot of politicians do. Um, <laughs> but do you? Want but then he then he comes out against guns and for minimum and, and for a higher minimum wage, which would not play to Republicans. So he's tough to figure out. But do out. you really want someone elected president about whom you can say the phrase "admittedly stupid things"? I mean, that just probably shouldn't be no. on the CV, right? No, no. I, I will say. Right. I. <laughs> I mean, Ben Carson, please stay in the race. Carly Fiorina, please stay in the race as long as possible. Ben Carson announced his candidacy with a gospel choir singing Eminem songs. I have visions of... Really? That would work Eminem. Yeah, Eminem, lose yourself. That was in the announcement. I'm hoping... Well, now you know why I left the Republican Party. (laughs) Really? You could have a children's choir singing... Because of Eminem? All the clowns. Well, I mean, here's something else Ben Carson said a couple of weeks ago. Now, he did walk this back, but they're asking about the gay issue. And he said, uh, well, uh, when you turn gay in prison, he said, so did something happen while they were in there? (laughs) Ask yourself that question. Yeah. (laughs) They they got it in the ass, is what happened when they were in there. I, you know, I don't know if we are past the clown stage yet. And Mike Huckabee, you know, a guy who believes in end times. And I saw this Wall Street Journal and Miss, not Miss NBC poll today. More Americans now. Wow, this blew my mind. More Americans are comfortable with a gay candidate for president than an evangelical. So whereas Mike, that's amazing. So. Mike Huckabee might do very well in southern states uh, and in Iowa, but the rest of the country just sees him as a kind of a charming Jesus freak. It's not going to fly. A giant, lovable, Beyonce-hating teddy bear? Yes, he's... I hate to start the show out agreeing with you so much, Bill, but uh, this is not the gems of the class. I mean, uh, Carly Fiorina's great claim to fame is that she ran... Hewlett-Packard, right? She reduced employment, reduced the value of the company, grew the size of the company, grew the debt of the company, which might just qualify for her to run the country as well. But But Carly Fiorina also, her political claim to fame is running the Demon Sheep ad in 2010, I believe, which is when she had a bunch of humans dress up in sheep's clothing with glowing red eyes, and they were the emissaries for her message. This is not someone whose po- political strategy, and I'll use that word because I think it best suits Carly Fiorina, <laughs> is like A-plus level. Okay. Oh, of all these candidates, though, Mike Huckabee, at least he's run for something and won an election of 
Carly Fiorina and uh, Dr. Carson. Yes, it's, he's, uh, he's popular with the voters. He's a good politician. Before you want to be president, though, shouldn't you run for state senate or governor or mayor or something? Or win something. You win Anything. something, yes. Okay. So, um... There are two trials going on in America now. Uh, the Jokar Sarnayev trial up in Boston and James Egan Holmes. He is the shooter at the Aurora Movie Theater who ironically dressed up as the Joker. Okay, my question is, why do they inspire such different reactions? Um, when it's terrorism, uh, people absolutely freak out. But when it's just the lunatic with the gun without any religious Islamic dimension to it, it's just nothing to see here. Step over the blood. Can't, politicians wouldn't even address the issue. Uh, so, you know, Obama keeps saying we shouldn't even say the phrase Islamic terrorism. It's just all violent extremism. Uh, if it's not something different, Islamic terrorism, why is it the one thing that makes people shit their pants? Well, first question. of all, I would say a lunatic with a gun is a form of terrorism. It is. It strikes hard in the... In, in, it is. In, 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 not in the public... Um, but we didn't rip up the Constitution I think we're for it. Terrorism too much, and it's coming down to it's too much jihad, too much crusade. Uh, we should talk about them as criminals. And uh, ever since 9/11, terrorism's used, especially anything to do with the Muslim crime rampage. I think I think there's a clear distinction it's between common criminals terrorism. And, and, and terrorism, and and that is why we treat these yes. differently, Bill. Um, by the way, I, I reject your premise that we don't do anything after James Holmes or after Sandy Hook. There's an attempt at gun legislation in all of these states following these kind of things, and they inevitably fail. These gun control laws in Colorado were a miserable failure. New York, well. Connecticut, miserable failures. But the answer is this. It's because terrorism, at least those who profess to be acting on behalf of Islam, represent some larger ideology. James Holmes represent his own crazy self. Well, but isn't mental health something we should talk about? I mean, if this is happening, I just feel like... And, you know, I think the media is in, is in part to blame here. You know, a young man professing to be a sort of radical jihadist is media catnip in a way that a really disturbed guy with schizophrenia or, in, or maybe he's insane, as his defense would like to uh, have him prosecuted. I mean, that's just not as, quote-unquote, interesting to us, even though right. it should be. I mean, well, obviously. The question about why one crime is treated differently is really important for our country and where we're going in the world and what's happening with uh, Muslims around the world and the danger it presents to us here in America and all this jihad. Now it's coming from within. These are Americans. Uh, well, but to your... Came up from Phoenix... And we just have to calm it down, calm all this uh, hatred and differences and these crimes of terrorism. Uh, it's really important to where we're going as a country. And, well, uh, take this terrorism word and let's start treating them as criminals. Uh, it's in our interest, our long-term interest, I think, as a country. Well, I, I, I agree that we should treat terrorism as a police matter and a spy matter, not a, not a matter for, for the army. And I have been saying uh, against the arguments of all my conservative friends that we should probably not be engaging ISIS. You know, it was in the news recently. It was in the news recently. I, I don't think this gets out there very much, but ISIS, probably their leader is either dead or incapacitated, Baghdadi. They've lost most of their territory. Uh, they've lost a lot of their money, and they have probably very few hostages left. So they're not the boogeyman, but, they, but the Republicans want to make it that because they have nothing else to run on. The unemployment rate is at 5.4%.
Look, let me say, look, I'm, so, I am no hawk, but the way you two have just painted this would deny the entire existence of terrorism as an external threat to this country. No, it's no. weird to me that on one hand, no, we have no. arguments about reducing police presences in Baltimore, New York, and Ferguson. On the next, you're talking about police Wait, going into Pakistan? I, I'm not, I'm not it's denying, not a police issue. It's a military issue. Terrorism. I'm saying this is the best way to tamp it down. We're only creating more terrorists by bombing ISIS over there. Let's the other Muslim countries take out their own trash. Yes. Also, Let them deal with this shit. I mean, Why do we always have to do it? Listen, I wish, I wish the world worked as you just spoke, but it doesn't. The answer to your question is because they because don't handle it. Because we never give shit. it a well, chance. Well, well, no, it's because they don't handle it. To your point, <laughs> ISIS doesn't know how to run shit. I mean, if you actually right. look at what happens yeah. when ISIS takes over towns, they don't run water and utilities. Sure. There are mass outbreaks of disease. I mean, that, as much as anything else, is why they're doomed. I mean, ISIS will not survive as the Islamic caliphate because they can't run a state. It, it really bears recognizing All right, that. good point. Let me, uh, let me interrupt here to say I am uh, going to Europe later this month. This is very exciting for me. I've never played European cities. Uh, from the 20th to the 27th of this month, I will be playing London, Amsterdam, Oslo, and Stockholm, so I've been boning up on Europe. Yes, check your local listings there. Um, uh, because Europe is a great town. Anybody who's ever been there <laughs> knows that. Uh, but one thing I found studying is that they are worried about their birth rates. Their birth rates are declining. I think this is great news anywhere because I'm for less population, but countries tend to get nervous and anxious when they have less people than the other countries, so they actually are campaigns to get people to fuck. Uh, look at that. Do it for Denmark. That is a campaign poster that's going on over there. Look at what it says. Has you been in Nedden Romantic Story? I don't, I don't have to tell you what that means. Uh, and we found it's going on in some other countries. Would you like to see the posters and some of the other... Oh, all right. Uh, Spain, you're at home in bed every afternoon anyway. Look at that. That's going to get people to get busy. France, pretend your wife is your mistress. That'll... Iceland, forget Bjork, put on some Barry White. Yeah. <laughs> Russia, you know how the space station docks? <laughs> uh, Holland, there are better things than your finger and better places than a dike. <laughs> England, mind the gap. <laughs> Germany, ich bin ein be in her. <laughs> Ireland, tonight... Get just drunk enough to do it. <laughs> My people, I can make that. Uh, Greece, try it around the front. <laughs> and uh, Vatican City, pretend she's an altar boy. All right. They're not even trying to increase the population in Vatican City. She's the only American consumer advocate to be played in a movie by Julia Roberts. Take that, Ralph Nader. Please welcome Erin Brockovich. Hey, Erin Brockovich. How you doing? Great to see you again. Oh, 
Uh, aren't you lucky? I, I have a list of horrible things <laughs> that, oh, are, that are hurting our health that you get to comment on. And it yeah. just it, it gets a little depressing, you know, because 50 years ago there just weren't this many assaults on our health that we don't even know of. But there weren't this many chemicals, right? Aren't there right. many, many times more chemicals than there used to be? Yeah, there are. And there's many assaults and, and certain things that are going to create greater problems for us. Uh, I've been busy working on two bills, and a lot of people don't know what's going on with these. One of them is the Toxic Substance Control Act. And this it has... Before Congress? Yes, and they've, there's been two bills dropped. Uh, one is a very bad bill, and most people don't realize we have 84,000 chemicals... That's what I mean. ...on our wow. market yeah, today wow. that we have no idea what they really do to our health. 200 of them have been studied. That's it. In this new Toxic Substance Control Act reform bill, uh, the EPA has estimated there's 1,000 high-priority chemicals that need to be studied. There's going to take them over a century to do. So the information that we're going to find out is going to come way too late. But what is most concerning to us in this bill and the new GMO bill is something that people are very unaware of, and it's called preemption. Preemption began in 1976 as we were putting new devices onto the market that could actually be experimental, and it was giving them some reprieve from any litigation. This preemption is now across the board, and in this new Toxic Substance Control Act and GMO bill, they are introducing to preempt states' rights, which blows my mind. Is this because the chemical companies are just too powerful, their lobbies, everything is bought off at this point? Absolutely. And the preemption is, it, is a deal changer. It, every yeah, consumer I, will have no rights, and every state will have no rights. I was reading about this new one, and, and you know, I, I think a lot of people have poison fatigue. It's like everything is poisoning me at a certain point. You know, they just don't start to listen. But there is a new one. Uh, we got used to BPA. I remember mm -hmm. that's the plastic, mm -hmm. right? Yep. I know people who won't even touch a receipt. Right. Like yeah. receipts have them in. I'm like, you know what? If this is going to kill me, fuck it. I'm just going to. No, I know people like at the store, they're like, your receipt? No! Yeah. Get that shit away from me. Not reimbursing for that. Yeah. <laughs> so this is PFAS, stands for perflora. Perfluoroalkyl substances. Uh, they're apparently in like pizza boxes. They're in yep. carpet treatment, shoes, electronics. Right. DuPont says they're safe, of course. Of course they do. And it's going to be even safer once they can preempt everybody and the state's rights and you can't do anything in anyway. Yeah, and a statement signed by 200 international scientists, health experts, toxicologists, epidemiologists said, no, they're not. We should get rid of these things. And I just, you know... Again, like whether it's the mold or the antibiotic-resistant bugs or, right. or this or the plastic, I mean, where do you go? How do you get people to... Because we're not crazy about this, right? We're not just yeah. cuckoo and, and worried about nothing, right? This no. really is... No, it really is happening. With GMOs right now, and um, Pompier, I forget how you pronounce his name, Pompeo, uh, Congress from Kansas, introduced a... A Pompeo. safe, yeah, Pompeo, thank you. Safe Food Act, but we've dubbed it the Dark Act, which is denying Americans the right to know. Most people don't know in the GMO, the herbicides, they are becoming resistant. And so now there is a super weed 
You're familiar with a super bug. I sure am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. Why am I familiar with a super weed? <laughs> and if now that's killing me, I don't care. There, uh, now, now there's a super Well, that's super another thing. Weed. You have to worry about what they spray on your weed. You better be worried about what they're spraying on your weed, because it's coming to your oh, table. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Take the preemption. <laughs> I, I'm worried and about... And then it's preempted. But, you know, so I'm, you're doubly screwed. I'm also worried about, like, where I'm sitting. Because I heard that, like, your couch can get you. Because the formaldehyde... <laughs> no, seriously, that there's shit in the furniture. Well, like things like the, like It's the very concerning. That, uh, even China gets rid of formaldehyde, and we have it in <laughs> Even our, China. Even yeah. China. Well, yeah. it's true. Dude, it's true. It's true. Well, that's the other thing. They don't, we don't even monitor half that stuff coming in here. I'm sure you saw the piece that was on 60 Minutes about lumber liquidators. Um, and, and we won't have any protection from that either. It's really important that Americans know um, what is actually happening in these bills. And they are taking away our rights. I'm very confused why any Republican would want to take away states' rights. Because if that's done, you're doing nothing but creating bigger government and you're now making the EPA, who's basically defunct anyway, even more ineffective. And nobody will be setting any regulations what, to oversee all these chemicals. What does our conservative have to say about the states' rights question she brings up? I thought they love states' rights. That's a buzzword I'm always for, right? <laughs> super <laughs> super weed? Right. Honestly, your, right. your biggest challenge is where you started this. It gives me tired head. I mean, everything is bad for you. Honestly, you're worried about where you sit, Bill. Does that mean you've thought about it once? You're really worried about your couch? Well, no, but you know what? Uh, my mattress, my my mattress is now made of. That's dead, the worst thing on your monkeys. mattress. Yeah, de- yeah. No, it's, no. But that's by choice. <laughs> by choice. <laughs> They're more comfortable. No, There's. You know what? It's that shit that's going to get you. You may laugh. Uh-huh. No, you don't think so. Why? Because things that you can't well, see that, can't if hurt if you. you say medieval a, man. Well, that's but, right. <laughs> no, but, Way to drop box on me. <laughs> no, but. Because, because you are going, you have a list, a litany that could go across this table of okay. things that could kill me. After a while, you're just like, take me. Well, so that, I mean, I feel like if, if, if you would advise, I mean, well, if you're advising people on where to start with advocacy or litigation, where is it and what works? Well, absolutely. I mean, there is a litany of things out there that can kill you, but it. it Hair dye. People, oh, absolutely. Come on. But people. Here's, <laughs> Oh, really? You gotta, <laughs> gotta get real on that, Aaron. Come on, baby. <laughs> you don't seem to be worried no, about that one. No. I'm sure there's some. I'm sure there's some shit in that. And <laughs> that's just good. To are, completely throw me off guard now. There are eight-year-olds in Stockholm who don't have hair like that. Come on, there's, there's some shit in that. But, you know, hey, I, you know what? At least I'm honest. I got pulled over speeding. <laughs> And the cop said to me, what's your hurry, Blondie? So I was oh. like, how am I going to get out of this? And I just looked at her, and I'm like, Hate it's crime. bleached. And right. she goes, anyone that admits that, get out of here. Right. So yeah. at least I'm honest. But right. so, there's, there's a point you... I want to make. Absolutely, there's a lot of things out there that are going to harm us. But as a consumer, we have a right to know, so we can make a different choice. So be honest about it and let them know. That's what I say to them. And I think also you... your point about being able to sue is important. And this preemption is important because that's very what important. keeps the companies honest. The fear of a lawsuit. It, I don't want to have no a accountability to the company at right. all. Yes. Speaking of blondes, are you for Hillary? 
You must be ready for Hillary. No, no, wait a sec. Uh, wait a sec. There's some good candidates in this race there. <laughs> <laughs> This it's is early. It's early. You can't be getting. Oh my God! This is our complaint about this. This is what happens when you no wait. No balls. No, no. We get, we... Say it. You obviously. I voted it's against a... Iraq War. I voted against the Bush tax because I voted against a leader for the Supreme Court. That's balls. Yeah, it is. Right. As a Republican, then. And what are you going to be doing in six months? Running for president. No, but my. Oh! Oh! See the way I catched it out of him. Finish the exploratory phase. Right, okay. Exploratory phase. Okay. Well, but but Hillary seems to be way left of where we thought she would be. I think all the people like us who were hoping that Elizabeth Warren would get in, and maybe still are, or Lincoln Chafee, I think Hillary has really, maybe this is her plan, you know, is to make sure that these people have no room to her left because she's pretty good. First, she said she wanted a constitutional amendment against campaign finance. Limit that. Wow. <laughs> then she spoke out against mass incarceration in our prison industrial complex. We've got to deal with that. This week, she hit immigration hard. She went way beyond Obama. She said, we got to have a path to citizenship for the Dreamers and their parents. Flip-flop on herself. That's a flip-flop on herself right there. She's, she's also... Marriage equality, talking about... Marriage equality now, finally. Right. She's I'm also gotten her husband to say, whatever I did when I was president on mass incarceration, right. I'm all for my wife unwinding. That right. is a major concession. Well, things are different. Yeah. Well, but that's, I think, the point is the coalition, the sort of centrist white Democrat coalition that was very much a part of the Clinton era, that has given way to the Obama coalition, which is the national coalition, which is a coalition that wants to see a more humane and just criminal system, that wants to see equity in society in terms of gay rights and gay marriage, that wants to see fair treatment in the workplace. I mean, these are not, I mean, they're progressive issues. They're also national issues that will play well on the national stage. Okay. Let me ask about what happened in Texas. I mentioned it in the monologue. Uh, uh, the There was a contest down there. Now, two things that sort of related happened this week. Penn, that's the writer's group, uh, gave an award to Charlie Edbo for courage because they're very courageous, I think, a lot of people. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Unfortunately, over 200 writers in Penn objected to that, which is, I think, pretty crazy. But, okay. Then, down in Texas, this woman, Pamela Geller, who is herself kind of a loon, I'm, I'm not a fellow traveler with her, <laughs> but she's the one who sponsored this Draw Mohammed cartoon contest. Okay. Now, it obviously was a provocation, but this is America. Do we not have the right to draw whatever we want? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Case closed. Right, Lincoln? Yes, yes. I'm a civil libertarian all the way and talk about the rights of the people at Penn not to uh, attend that dinner, uh, to award to Charlie Hebdo. That's their right, and that's what we Americans stand up for. But as I said earlier in the show, uh, this chasm between Muslims and uh, the rest of the world, just we need to address it. It's... uh, and tap down but, uh, some of the But not everything can be a moral and, and equivalence, we can't, can it? Can, I mean, we can't control these people from doing can, their... Can I read what Gary Trudeau said? Because uh, he was on cartoons. The, he's on the side of the writers who are protesting giving Charlie Edbo a Courage Award. He said this a couple of weeks ago. He said, Charlie Edbo is punching downward by attacking a powerless, disenfranchised minority 
with crude, vulgar drawings. Charlie wandered into the realm of hate speech, which in France is only illegal if it directly incites violence. Wait, well, voila, the seven million copies that were published following the killings did exactly that, triggering violent protests across the Muslim world. So this assumes that we just have to accept that Muslims are unable to control themselves the way we would ask everyone else in the world. To me, that's bigotry. That's the soft bigotry of low expectation. Let me say, if I may... We don't ask anybody else in the world. Gary Trudeau is a coward. And the other pin writers who who protested that award are cowards. That is the best thing you can say about them at this point. And let me say this. It's, 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 let me say, say, isn't the it's whole not point just, of free speech to not judge people based on what no, they No, that's saying? definitely not the role of free speech. You judge, you just right. don't censor. The, 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 this, you don't just have a right to free speech. When someone's position is, if you offend me, I will kill you, it becomes virtuous for you to offend that person. You need to offend that person. You need to shock them out of their, their horrible position. Well, well I, wait, okay, wait a second. I, I, Listen I, to your language. You're talking about hatred. You're talking about uh, all the uh, harsh language here. Uh, but we're talking, Lincoln guys yeah, are taking yeah, up guns. We're talking about people who went in to kill people yeah. versus We live in a world of nuclear but you're weapons. About two, I, I you're talking about two different things. And Pakistan first. has nuclear okay, weapons. The first thing we is... We need to tamp down the language the, here. Yeah, well, okay. The first thing about the Penn Award is... I, I mean, I, I think I'm in agreement here. You test your moral convictions by using the most repugnant examples. The Westboro Baptist Church has every right to be doing what the Westboro Baptist Church That's does. the God hates fags people. Exactly. They and always protest my shows, and it never ends in a gun battle. Yeah, no, no, notice how many people wait, have been killed. Wait, just, just, you know. Never ends in a gun and, battle. And that's free speech, and that's why Charlie Hebdo should continue on to do whatever. I mean, th- this is how we know their true convictions. But I don't think it's fair to say that all Muslims are warmongering. No, no. Well, no I didn't thirsty. say that. Uh, no one said I that. I said that's what Gary Trudeau was assuming when he said his statement, that we cannot allow these combustible people to be given an excuse to do that. That's right, and so many in the media have had that position. CNN has said this, people on CNN, New York Times, some on Fox have said this. They forward the argument of, well, if you wear a short skirt, don't be surprised when you're raped. They have laid this on the victim. They have said, you were provoking it, don't be surprised when you get shot. And the truth is that there are a lot of Muslims in that area. That's why they picked that town. And none of them even came out to protest silently because they didn't want to give it oxygen. So obviously, why don't we get on the side of those Muslims, the ones who want to live in the 21st century, instead of making excuses for the ones who want to live in the 7th? I I mean, this is another thing that was said... uh, Penn is, this is from the, the protesters, Penn is not simply conveying support for freedom of expression, but valorizing selectively offensive material, material that intensifies the anti-Islamic, anti-Maghreb, anti-Arab sentiments already prevalent in the Western world. That's the timing. That's, that's, what? The, 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 the beef, basically, that they had was insulting everyone... Everyone is not equally insulted. When, when Charlie Hebdo insulted Catholics, it is not the same as when Charlie Hebdo insulted Muslims. And they in did part it. because in the contemporary world, in French society, Muslims are more marginalized and penalized than Catholics are. So it's not the same thing. That's the punching down piece, right? Now, you can make it that way you will, but that was their convention. The other was, do you really need to give this award right now? I mean, that's basically what Yes, that was. they were just killed. 
But it was they, a freedom. Their that, bodies are still warm. They are just listen, killed in defense of well, free speech. I am not defending. I am not defending the writers, but I think it, we have to be clear about why they had objections and. There are a lot of journalists well, out there in the world who are practicing courageous acts, who have been jailed in Tehran, who have been killed in the field. And I think pen writers thought, hey, that's courage. That's courage in terms of freedom of speech. This right. is a non-negotiable Western value, and it's one you have to, you need to die. We all need to die on this hill. Free speech is at the core, not just of Western civilization, but this country's identity. It should be for, the, it should be for liberals, the First Amendment, what the Second Amendment is for conservatives. All right. Thank you, panel. <laughs> it's time for new rules. All right. New rule, whatever you think of Mike Huckabee's politics, you have to admit that he's a brave man because he knew that the week he announced he was running, I'd be showing this photo of his family. <laughs> and you know why they look so happy? Because they just ate Mitt Romney's family. <laughs> the Chinese zookeeper who had <laughs> oh, wow. who licked a constipated leaf monkey's anus for a full hour so the monkey could pass a peanut it had swallowed whole has to show us the peanut. <laughs> I'm not saying you plotted your whole career as a cover story so you could lick a monkey's ass. I'm only saying we'd all feel a hell of a lot better if we saw the peanut. <laughs> New rule, a boxing match has to have more punches landed than an episode of Real Housewives. God, I went hoarse from yelling, hit him, hit him! And that was just when Justin Bieber walked in. Just from that. New rule, the three Californians who were just arrested for running a fake Masonic police force, <laughs> which they claim is their right based on their Knights Templar bloodlines dating back to 1100 B.C., must answer what one question. What the fuck? <laughs> New rule, I don't know what's happening here, but whatever it is, knock it off. <laughs> This is a six-year-old child in China. For the love of God, let him get back to doing what six-year-old Chinese children are supposed to be doing, making my iPhone. <laughs> and finally, new rule, you can't have any more Republican candidates for president until you tell me what you did with Rand Paul. Who was last seen standing in front of an aircraft carrier setting fire to everything he used to believe. And this was just two days into his campaign. The Mayweather fight was boring, but at least it lasted 12 rounds. The establishment made Rand Paul its bitch at the weigh in. Well, you know, I know it's uh, primary season, but Rand Paul was supposed to be my Republican option. The guy who could stand on a debate stage with a dozen pandering cookie-cutter creeps and tell a crowd what they didn't want to hear. So I got a queasy feeling a couple of weeks ago when Senator Paul spoke at a prayer breakfast, red flag, <laughs> and totally jumped the shark on gay marriage. He'd always been the libertarian guy on personal issues. Live and let live, just don't get any on me. 
Now he says... <laughs> now he says, we need another great awakening with tent revivals of thousands of people praying, reform or see what's going to happen if we don't. Yes, clearly, this is how we steer America toward the future, with anti-gay tent revivals. Behold the sodomite! Hurl your prayers at him before he be released to the children of the corn! (laughs) And then came the aircraft carrier, the next hint that something was wrong, because if you want to say, I'm a new kind of Republican, don't do what all the rest of them do, and stand in front of the Yorktown as if to say... Ship strong, me strong. (laughs) Ship kill foreigners, me kill foreigners. (laughs) And then suggest adding $190 billion to the defense budget, the one you used to want to cut. It's all just proof that to be competitive, Republican candidates must say to their base, (laughs) to paraphrase Bill Clinton, I feel you're crazy. And that's no matter how crazy it is. Have you heard of Jade Helm 15? I know, it sounds like a sequel to the porn video Jade Helm 14. (laughs) But it's actually the code name for a routine training exercise the U.S. military is planning to conduct in the Southwest, which the teabaggers in Texas are convinced is actually an Obama plot to invade Texas, take their guns, and impose a new world order. Yes, because we hate Lubbock for its freedom. (laughs) But here's the thing. In today's Republican Party, you can't call out nutty people for being nutty because they're not a small group. In the Republican Party, crazy is a constituency. So... So what happens is the governor of Texas indulges them and says he will be ordering the Texas State Guard to keep an eye on the United States military. You know, our former ally. (laughs) And Rand Paul, former sane person, says, Jade Helm 15, yeah, I'm going to look into that too. Look into what? Whether Obama is planning to invade Texas? Great. While you're at it, could you please see if the Supreme Court is run by lizard people? (laughs) Okay. One last point. You rural white people who are always saying things like, don't mess with Texas, let me tell you something. You are among the most left alone, least messed with people on the planet. (laughs) You can carry an assault rifle into Chili's. What more do you want? The right to do it shirtless? You're practically your own independent country now. You've outlawed abortion. You've gutted government regulation. You're armed to the teeth. You're the white Somalia. (laughs) Stop. Stop worrying about getting sucked into the new world order. You're barely in the current world order. (laughs) And the only reason we conduct military exercises in your area is there's no chance of accidentally damaging anything anybody cares about. (laughs) All right, that's our show. I'll be at the Barbara Man in Fort Myers, June 14th, the Fox and Riverside here in California, June 21, and at Pikes Peak in Colorado Springs on July 17th. I want to thank Will Kane, Lincoln Chafee, 
Alex Wagner, Aaron Brockovich, and Billy Crystal join us now on Overtime on YouTube. Thank you, folks. You were great. Catch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 11 or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand. For more info, log on to HBO.com.